Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews, coming at you online and in print format at nicktiffany.com, in audio format anywhere that you get your podcasts, and in video format on YouTube. Today we're talking about easily one of my most anticipated films of the year, that's The Creator, directed by Gareth Edwards. You may know him from his previous works. He did the 2014 Godzilla that had Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Cranston. And he also did Star Wars Rogue One, which, if we're being honest, is the best Star Wars movie they've done since the originals. You know, I'm obviously someone who grew up with the prequel movies, loved, loved, loved episode three. Even parts of the Clone Wars and Phantom Menace are enjoyable for sure. But if we're talking best Star Wars movie, that also spun off the best Star Wars TV show, which was Andor. It's Rogue One. Gareth Edwards is story and character focused first, especially in a world where you probably have an idea of what's going to happen. Be that, you know, the Death Star is going to get made. We know the plans are going to be stolen. What else could happen? You know, what are we filling in here? And, you know, he's really unconcerned with leading into that until obviously the very last second. This is a movie about the rebels and the sacrifice that they made. Very similarly in Godzilla, you know Godzilla is probably going to pop up. He's probably going to destroy the city until some creature or something stops him or he faces another creature. And so part of it is this cat and mouse game in that film almost going along, showing you bits and pieces of the monster, but waiting for the grand finale to kind of bring this mammoth-sized movie character back to the screen and with the creator his approach is no different you get all of these clues that you know you start very early on with this idea that robots have always been integral in human life much like how we've had them in our own homes whether it's a vacuum cleaner little robo butler like in the rocky movies or different things like that uh robots have always been integral creation and technology all this stuff is integral with human life and our evolution as a species. And that's no different than how it is now. Obviously, you have generations of kids growing up solely on technology. And with the creator, you almost get this kind of Fallout video game style background where you get the 50s, you know, we're bringing new technology into the home with your butler robot. This robot will be doing surgery in 10 great years or whatever. And you see how in this not-so-distant future world that this film kind of takes place in, you know, robots took over a lot of the jobs that were often relied for humans. You know, they became our civil servants. So, you know, you've got police AI robots. You've got doctors and frontline workers who are all robots doing things that either humans can't do as quickly, as efficiently. Perhaps they can, you know, they can go in hazardous areas where we can't go. They have taken on roles of nannies, and most of these robots also live in your home. And this is a world where it's not just you're like, okay, you know, this is our robot. It doesn't have a name. It's just here to perform a duty. As human beings, we grow attached to certain things. And so as time has gone on, and as these robots got more and more advanced in this culture, you know, we're starting to give them more human likeness, whether it is memories personality that you can upload from yourself you can digitally scan your face and they can replicate that on what they call a simulant and you know this is also kind of that fallout 
sci-fi world, obviously, where you have these synthetic-ish type creatures who, yes, they're mostly robotic, but it looks like they've got flesh. Kind of, you know, there's a lot of ex machina within this film or a lot of those similar themes they explore, but just the direction they go to with, you know that this is a robot. You know that this is not a real person, but they have personality. They have feelings. They feel like they're real. They have skin that you can touch that feels real despite having that crazy little hole in the back of their head with all their gears. That's how you know they're a simulant. But in this world, it's not uncommon for human beings to fall for these simulants the same way that a child might look up to one as a parent or a guardian of some sorts. And what's created is this world where all across the globe, robots and AI are a part of our society and who we are. So when a nuclear bomb detonates in Los Angeles and the blame is put on the robots, the U.S. military takes drastic measures and it's like, you know, we got to get rid of the AI. All of the AI will be destroyed in our country and we're going to spend our time going around the rest of the world trying to wipe out any remaining traces. And what's less is if you've got New Asia kind of in this film, as they're called, and over there, you know, robots are just as big and as a part of their society as anything else. And they're not stopping the advancements they're working on. And there's even talk that there's a weapon being created that could destroy Nomad. Now, Nomad is this crazy space station looking thing that hovers above orbit. They drop orbital strikes, death from above, and unrelenting and unwavering fashion you know you've got almost these laser scans as this weapon is seeking ai holdouts all these different you know it's got this ability a lot of the tech in their future you know it has the ability to decide between okay yes we know this is a human we know that's a robot so we know not to target this person but of course the politics of war are always messy especially when it comes to the u.s and so Gareth Edwards is also someone who I, through his films, I feel has not a fascination for, but more of an appreciation for a lot more of the Asian cultures, their films, their stories, their people. And that's incredibly evident in this film and kind of where you travel, where we spend time on the globe, the people we're around and really getting away from this American U.S. battleground where it always feels like we are. Um, and it's nice to kind of get out of there and to go see this other side of the world where you've got robots who dress, act, and are monks. You've got spiritual healers, Reiki healers. You've got every kind of person or thing you could imagine. There are robots who feel like they are real and that this is something they practice religions. You know, they have deities of their own. and you know, there's a lot of, I, I know I'm already, you know, we're seven minutes in, this is going to be a longer review than some of the others. And I always look forward to that though, because this is a movie that, I mean, it's so hard to boil it down to just one or two things. And it's hard to decide what to talk about. Definitely not giving anything away here. I hope more than anything, I'm just kind of setting the tone because they build such a rich universe and they go back in time. They fill in some of these details and you understand what these robots mean to people. You can understand why some people are scared of them and the potential that they could bring harm, that they could destroy our defenses and weapons. You know, of course everything could go wrong. 
But like Ex Machina, this film kind of focuses on this idea that when you create something that's going to feel like it's human, and when you add memories, you know, I think of Westworld, when you give them the reveries, these memories and things for them to call back to, I would, I, I can't blame them for feeling human, even though people are like, oh, you know, it's just programming. They don't feel real. Their screams aren't real. These emotions aren't real. It's really easy to dismiss that and say that. And then you listen to what they're saying or you listen to this voice that's been passed on from a real person to them. And it feels shockingly too real. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that kind of Alex Garland has played around with the next Machina. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie right now, but he did the crazy one with Natalie Portman in the force field. Um, and what happens when your genetic makeup goes into this weird mirage and so there's this way that we look at how technology and things change, but also this progression of how do you prolong human life? How can we live forever? It's something we're obsessed with. And so if eventually that's, I'm going to let my spirit live on essentially through this robot, that's a thing too in this world. And so it is just a fascinating universe that Edwards and his company kind of created and crafted here and you get to spend enough time in it that never you know and it never feels like it's dragging it never feels like you know we've got to tell you all of this detail and a lot of it's unimportant there's not a wasted minute in here that doesn't lead into the further narrative and so for your base story you've got john david washington denzel's son who plays joshua he's someone who clearly has worked with the u.s military before He's been on different operative missions. He's supposed to be undercover learning about this creator. There you go. Roll credits. Who is crafting a new sort of AI that could pose a threat to the U.S. And so you've got this somewhat reluctant soldier who has certainly seen both sides of the horror and the atrocity that can be caused at the hands of AI, but also... Yeah, I've been a grunt long enough to know that the military doesn't totally care about me either. And they don't totally care about who gets in their way if they've got to destroy this, as they've clearly shown in the past. And it sets up this really complex narrative of decisions that we make, that we have machines make, that we tend to pass off on others, whether they're hard decisions or ones that are immoral or popular, unpopular. Uh, and this film just asks so many great questions about humanity, about robotics, about artificial intelligence, because again, in so many instances, human error is the commonality between why did this program not behave? Why did my cell phone force close? What's wrong with this app? What's wrong with whatever? It comes down to coding. It comes down to a human being did this. They were the one that made the mistake, but that's not what people see. And, you know, we are a society who reacts very strongly to certain things as well. And so there's tons of evocative imagery in this film, whether it's, you know, war movies from the 70s in Vietnam, Apocalypse Now. There's just swathing segments of film that are just moving back and forth between an homage to the war movies of old. And then you've got machinery and all these different military vehicles and space shuttles that look like it's a shared world with James Cameron's avatar 
Obviously, we're not on Pandora. This would be if you were on Earth in the world of Avatar, these space shuttles, the military, the helmets and things that they're wearing. It feels real. It feels believable, but it feels grand on this massive scale. And for an $80 million movie, I mean, they knocked it out of the park with this thing. The Flash, almost $300 million before marketing. Indiana Jones, $300 million. The Marvels is close to $300 million. There's so many films this year. Haunted Mansion was like $150 million or more. So many films that did not need to be so expensive and have so little to show for such inflated budgets. And then watching this movie, I'm like, if this guy can do this with $80 million, Gareth Edwards did this with $80 million, my God. Obviously, we saw what he did with Rogue One. There were so many, like, after I watched this movie, I just kept thinking of so many of the sequences from Rogue One with explosions, bombs, when they destroy Jeddah, and you've got the view from up on the Death Star as part of the temple is just floating into space. I mean, there's just... He knows how to craft an unbelievably gorgeous shot that feels like something fresh that we've never seen before and evokes these emotions of like, oh my God, like there, you know, there's many moments where I think we're supposed to have these feelings of like, I can't believe they just did that. Like, God, no, like, ah, you want to stop what's happening. And so it's just, I love these kind of movies like the Planet of the Apes films where we are not set on making the humans the protagonists. We're not here to make them the good guys. We are here to show you this other perspective where you see how human nature reacts in regard to something like intelligent apes or like intelligent robots and the fear that eats us alive when it comes to how we deal with them. This, this movie's fantastic. It is so good. The script is something that I've seen people kind of griping about online i'm not so sure what their issues were i feel like you know i might like, it's a dialogue heavy film in terms of exposition in terms of kind of informing the world around you i didn't think that was ever some issue like oh this feels unbelievable or you know someone needs to really tighten up this space talk or whatever i i felt like none of that ever came up as an issue to me i watched the movie in imax it was freaking glorious I think for something like this, the Dolby or IMAX format is the way to go because the sound design in this film had me feeling like I was watching Transformers again back when Michael Bay was doing them. There is something to be said for that attention to detail. The blasters and the lasers sounded familiar, but new, you know, kind of cooler sounding than Star Wars or Star Trek, all these warbly sound effects the way that the ships would come in and land and you'd hear the thrusters reacting to the angle of the land they were on. I mean, there were just so many unique sounds that were created for this technology that just sounded amazing. And there's a lot of moments in this film where you're going to think of Neil Blomkamp, who, you know, famously blew up when he directed District 9, which was a film kind of light years ahead of anything in this kind of science fiction, political drama space. Um, and then he goes on to make Chappie and he goes on to make Elysium, all kind of having this similar shared world in South Africa with this idea of, you know, in Elysium, you've got robots, you've got people, you're bridging this gap where 
it feels like we're going to be headed in this direction. It's not so far off that Massive Dynamics and all these other groups who create those crazy robots and dogs that are flipping around and actual robot people that they keep kicking over and stuff. I know some of those are fake videos, but there are some real ones. And what they're doing, I mean, it's not long before they're walking next to us or you've got one in your home or something. It's all of these films feel real enough for the direction that our world is actually heading in. And because of that, it's like, okay, I'm really on board with a lot of the themes and discussions that they're having within it too. And so something that I think Blomkamp did really well was just blending those worlds where it's like, yeah, it feels like, especially where this film takes place, these robots feel like they fit in here. It's believable that the top 1% of the world would build themselves a space station or somewhere that they can get off of Earth where everything is decaying and running out of resources and whatever. And it would make sense that we've got robot slave labor that they're creating alongside humans before they kind of are like, all right, well, eventually robots are going to be able to do more than the humans can. So how much good are those humans going to be? We're going to find a, a niche thing for them that only they could do, I guess. Um, but Chappie also being this... AI, like, you know, it starts as a child. And as we know with children, you are a product of your environment and what you know. And so you can see how human nature influences this innocent robot and how robots are kind of already perceived in that world as well. And it's just all of that to say that how Gareth Edwards approaches this film really makes you look at maybe how you value AI how you would look at robots. You look at how people in the movie look at these robots, who they're crying for, who they're upset over, who they're scared of. It's really, really fascinating stuff. This is like the perfect kind of science fiction for me because I love something that always kind of holds a mirror up to whether it's society, yourself as an individual, challenging you, putting you in these different scenarios where you're forced to say, all right, it's not just black and white. It's really easy. And I think a thing a lot of people want to do in this world, whether it's especially in the news or wherever, everything's got to be black and white. There is no gray area. There is no middle ground that's in between. When in fact, almost everything in the world operates in this gray area. And very rarely do you have an extreme where it's like, well, yes, this thing is just righteous and just and good and this thing is horrible and immoral and just the spawn of satan whatever there is almost everything happens here in the middle and so most movies sometimes give you a real basic like yep this is good that's bad you know clearly we want you to side with what's good there's some movies that are like clearly we want you to celebrate the bad and the anti-hero and then there's those that really challenge you and kind of push you around a little bit and say, hey, it's not that simple. It's really complex. And there's so many moving pieces here that you really need the time to understand and think in this position, what would you do? So for me, Gareth Edwards, man, he's, he's four for four. He did a great film called Monsters over a little over a decade ago. And that's kind of what I think got him that gig for Godzilla. I mean, there's still moments from Godzilla that never leave my head from the helo jump with the flares coming down. I mean, he uses his budget, his lighting, his sets like so fantastically. 
I mean, there's so many gorgeous shots in this movie and it's just a callback to everything he's already created. Godzilla ripping the monster's head open and just thermal breathing, nuclear breath down there. I mean, that was one of the coldest, coolest moments in that movie, number one, but like that I'd probably ever seen in a movie theater before. It was like, wow, all that buildup really paid off. The charging shot, jaw ripped, and then the head's detached. You're like, Godzilla is that guy. Oh my gosh. And then Rogue One. Come on. Come on, people. Rogue One is just the best of everything. Obviously, you get Darth Vader's lightsaber at the end, but everything with Donnie Yen, everything in between. I'm like, it's K1S2, one of the best robots I feel like that they've had that never felt so forceful. But everything in that film, every decision those characters made was important. And it was selfless. It wasn't like, how am I going to save myself? It's I'm thinking of other people. And that is huge in the creator. Uh, so this is like one of those movies, especially where, you know, I know I, you got to build it over time. I'm always trying to find a way to do it. I'd like, you know, I'm sure all of you watch TikTok or reels or things. and It's easy to reply to videos and things like that. But a movie like this is one where I'm like, I'm trying to find the best place to have a discussion about it with you guys. I don't know if that's in the YouTube posting channel area, if it's through Facebook on our NT Movie Reviews Facebook page, wherever it is, this is exactly the kind of film that I want to know what you guys think of it. I want to know what your perspective on AI, on these robots, how we should view them goes. It's just something I'm, I've always been fascinated by. And this is exactly the kind of film, you know what, I'm not going to call it independent. But, you know, on $80 million, this film's going to blow you away with what they're able to accomplish. Um, it is absolutely a standout of 2023. Eagerly waiting to go back and see it again. I'll probably do IMAX again. But you got to go out and support this. This is exactly why we need more films like this. I mean, original science fiction, you know, this almost shared world, realistic vision of what this all could be like that's what separates these guys from i don't know i don't want to jump right to marvel or dc or any of that even but it's like clearly they care about this world they care about these characters first and the focus isn't on building out next movies or whatever the focus is on this singularly the creator so you're gonna probably see this film in some of my top lists at the end of the year Go see it as quick as you can. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Make sure you follow NT Movie Reviews on all social media networks, podcast platforms, on YouTube. This is going to be one of the longer reviews. we got a lot of short reviews coming up. Lots on streaming. Not a lot to say about what's on streaming, but we'll get to that next. Thanks, as always, and we'll see you guys next time.